Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Happy New Year! Um, I wanted to let you know that I, I, um, I just love you guys so much, and I've missed you, the ones that have been traveling with the holidays, and I'm kind of tender because I'm leaving Saturday for almost three weeks, so I'll be missing you guys, but I'm going to go see Samuel and Marissa and help out with our new baby, meet our new grand, so that'll be good, so just um, pray for Sam, pray for me, (laughs) and um, I'm looking, and, and really, just in this, you know, it's interesting because, like, I love to kind of get into anybody that really knows me like I just thought okay holidays over let's like what is God doing I just want to get into it you know and like I'm like wow gotta go go to California and then so anyway but I'm just using this time you know it's such an incredible opportunity to go there and I'm going to be present there but I'm also believing while I'm there um, he's going to be speaking to us and so anywhere on his timeline it's good so this week as I've been praying about you know Lord what do you have um, for us to, this week, this Sunday, I he led me to Proverbs 3. So I'd like for you to open up your Bible to Proverbs 3. And I think there's some keys. We're going to start here. And, and, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of times I'll share, and then afterwards the media, they'll ask me, like, do you have a title? And I never have a title. <laughs> And um, a lot of times I'll have a lot of scripture, and I'm not really sure where he's going to land or lead us. And um, this week, he, he started in Proverbs um, 3, and then Hebrews 12, and then he gave me a title. I know. So media people, I know you're happy. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to give it to you, and then I'm going to believe he's going to pull it all together. So here's what he said. living my best life. And, and it was so unusual for me to get a title, and, and yet I started thinking, like, why do I keep hearing this phrase, living my best life, living my best life, living my best life? And then I started thinking, oh, well, you know, I think recently, like, on Instagram, I'll see people, like, hashtag living my best life. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not really into the hashtag piece of it all. And so then I did something, you know, you're going to laugh. Well, it, Probably if you're like 20 or in your 20s, you'll laugh. <laughs> so then I, I, did, I Googled living your best life. Like I had no idea. But there's a song that has come out this year by some artist. I don't know who it is. And there's a, I, I started reading the lyrics. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and I just kind of moved off from it. <clears throat> but apparently, um, Anyway, there's a song, and I'll just say this. Living our best life is not living unto ourself. And I don't know fully what that song's about, but I just scanned the first few lines, and I thought, okay, God's wanting us to understand how can we live our best life. And that is going to come into agreement and alignment with him and his way. All right, so in that, the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon, and Solomon was David's son. And Solomon, when he um, became king, he, you know, the Lord said, what do you want? And he could have asked for anything, but he asked for wisdom. 
And God gave him everything through so much with wisdom. He was a very wise man. And so the book of Proverbs, um, Solomon and some other wise folks wrote, and it's actually um, so much just practical living your best life. <laughs> living his way. So I'm just going to jump in here to Proverbs 3, and we'll see where he takes us. My son, do not forget my law or my commandments, but let your heart keep my commands for the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Do not forsake mercy and truth. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the discipline or chastening of the Lord or detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father of the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds, wisdom and understanding, are better than the profit of silver and the gains of fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord, found, by, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Now, I'm going to stop there. I just want to encourage you. There is so much wealth in what I read just then. But I'm going to encourage you. See, the thing is, is that um, we have a short amount of time. You have the opportunity to go home and now feed on the Word of God and say, Holy Spirit, show me. What are you saying? Because you know what? I can guarantee you there'll be different things. Like if we just took a few minutes and I asked you, what did your spirit hear? The Holy Spirit knows how to speak to each one of us and what we need to hear. And, and we can't, like, just because, like, well, we'll waste this time for what the Lord would have for me if, if I'm reading, if I'm thinking, well, instead of me thinking, God, what are you saying to me? I'm thinking, well, I, sh I sure hope they're hearing this. 
because each of us are on our journey with the Lord and each of us are in different places in our journey. Okay, so are y'all checking with me so far? All right. So I want to go back and look at those first few verses. Basically, Solomon's saying, hey, do you want a long and satisfying life? Who would like a long and satisfying life? So as a father to a son, he's saying, do you want that? Well, then remember the things I've taught you. Remember those things. Follow closely the truth that I've given you. How many of, um, and then think about this, like let mercy and truth not forsake you. Let not faithfulness and love. Just make those like core beliefs, core actions in life. You want things to go well. And if you, if you read through this, there were key components of a healthy life. There was peace. Who would like peace? There was actually um, an abundance of provision. Who would like that? There was actually things about health, physical health. Who would like that? Okay. And it's not, see, Jesus provided everything already for us. So this isn't about working to try to get something, but it's actually lining our lives up with his principles to actually receive what he's already provided for us. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How many have, like, somewhere in the long of your journey, gone, hey, that's a great memory verse. I mean, we can say it, trust in the Lord with all my heart and lead not on my understanding and all my ways acknowledge him and he'll direct my paths. But in reality, there are situations that we are faced every day that we have to have a choice. Am I going to trust him? And the thing is, is that when I trust him, when I position myself to trust him, then I position myself to hear what the Spirit's saying. When I'm not in trust, I get into fear and anxiety and worry, and the, the crazy comes. Do y'all have the crazy? I'm the only one? And it just, th- that's where the enemy wants us to live. Like all the thoughts. But say, no, I have a choice right here. It all boils down to we have a choice. I'm going to choose to trust you, Lord, with all my heart. And right now this situation is revealing. There's places in my heart that I don't know you yet. And I don't trust you, but I want to. And so I surrender, and I'm putting my gaze and eyes on you, and I'm going to wait on you, and I'm going to hear what you have to say. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding or what I think it should be, but I'm going to choose to trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay? That could be God, your God. Yes, that is a way of acknowledging. And like also, I believe it can be, Lord, not my will, your will be done. I'm going to submit to you. If I want to live the best life God has for me, then I guarantee you the best life he has for me is going to be his will and not my will. And sometimes... You know, he, he wants to give us the best, and yet we're trying so hard to hold on to what we think is the best that he's like, I have so much, but you have to surrender to me and let go of some things so that you can be opened up to receive what I have. 
So trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. I'm going to acknowledge you. Not only say, well, God, you're God and you're taking care of me. But no, I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to watch. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to obey what you tell me to do. And then I'm going to leave the results with you. Don't be wise in your own eyes. That's the contrast of trusting the Lord. And it's so easy for us to fall into it. The older I get, the more I grow, the more I realize I do not know. (laughs) The more I realize I need him, the more I can say, not just because I've read and memorized the scripture, your ways are not my way, but I can say, your ways are not my way. Your ways are so much greater than my way. And fear the Lord. Depart from me. You know, fear the Lord. I'll be honest with you. I spent so much of my life wanting to do and live right. And I love Jesus with all my heart. But so much of what I did was fear of getting in trouble or fear of consequences of wrongdoing, which is, it just boils down to religious and, and duty. But then to go, wait, when I begin to go, oh, my goodness, look at who God is. And just to be so in love with him that all of a sudden obedience and walking in his way is not out of um, choosing the duty, but it's a delight because I know who he is and I know his ways are great and beautiful. And that there's this wonderful thing is I don't want anything that would hinder your love or your best for my life, even if I don't understand. This will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. I want to tell you, know, then he goes on and he talks about the practical things with you know, finances increase, and then he, he, he shifts it, and, he, and all of a sudden the father's basically saying, hey, you're not always going to be with me. Don't, don't despise or reject or resist or not appreciate, not value the discipline of the Lord. Don't resist that. Don't get angry. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you, our society, our thoughts, you hear the word discipline, obedience, and all of a sudden, like, we get wigged out a little bit. <laughs> We think that's a bad thing. I'll never forget our kids, how old, when we, first time we had the pottery and the kids were all, we were doing our homeschool thing. At least it must have been like 10. It was a long time ago. We have a few potters in the house. And um, Judy Harwood came and she was, she brought her potter's wheel and she was teaching the the children, a little homeschool co-op, about clay and she was talking about stick, and I'm, I'm not the potter, but this is what I remember. You can correct me, or you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> All the potteries in the house, but talking about putting the, the, the fingers in the heart of the clay and then beginning to shape it. And that process is disciplining the clay. 
and she's talking to the children. So she asked the children, you know, say, what do you think discipline means? And, you know, and then Elise just said, well, discipline is basically the way you should go. It's helping the way you should go. So if you have a, if you think punishment, well, see, the Lord never punishes. Like if, if we do um, make wrong choices and we live in, in contrast to this, there'll be consequences. But punishment says, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. I shut my heart off to you. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. He says, I love you. I choose you. I've got to help you in the way you should go because I see the things I have for you. And then you can begin to trust his leadership in your life. I can trust his leadership in my life. Sometimes I don't understand. But see, I don't want to like trip up on the idolatry of my own understanding that I lose sight of bowing down and surrendering and just saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. You are the, the potter on the clay. Mold me and shape me and create me into the vessel you want me to be. And if that means I need to like sit on the shelf for a while or be in the hot, the whole process, I mean, I understand, but I just want to be a vessel for your glory. You know, uh, I asked permission. <clears throat> we have um, Matthew and Elise and, and Abel are living with us right now. So a Abel is, what, he's four weeks old, six weeks. Oh, my goodness. Time flies when you're having fun. And... Um, <clears throat> And so it's really interesting because, like, when our children were little, anybody that knew us knew, we were really intentional about training our children in the Lord. And in love, we weren't harsh or mean, and they, but we, we, we really took that, this is important. God's given them in our lives, and, like, there's going to be a lot of people to teach them a lot of things, but the thing is, is they were, we were created and made for his glory for them to know him. That's the greatest thing we can train him in. So anyway, and then there's just the practical things of like, no, you're okay, you're, you're dry, you're fed, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> parenting changes a little bit. For, I'm, I'm sure that like, I, it's other things. Like I have so much more understanding of my own parents when my kids are little because they're like, why are you doing it that way? Well, you know, they tell you to do things different now than they did then, and they did then and then. <laughs> But anyway, so now little tiny newborn babies, they swaddle them really tight and keep them all tight and cozy. They look like this little cocoon thing. You know, when Samuel was born, there was a, a loose blanket wrapped around him, and we just, they actually said, put him on the tummy to sleep. <gasps> who, who, who was told to put your babies on tummies? Yeah, see, they, they changed it now. And then it, by the time Amy came around, it was the side, and then it was the back. Anyway, so, anyway, so now they just swaddle them. <laughs> And, um, but the thing is, because they, you know, you've heard of the startle reflex, you know, so their arms fly and it wakes them up. So it's actually genius. You just wrap them really tight and they can't, and they just, like, they're still in the room. <laughs> they just can't move. Well, but the thing is, is if they're swatted all the time, then they're not having that place of, you know, strengthening their neck and being on their tummy. And so Matthew and Elise have tummy time. And so what they'll do is they'll, they'll put the little blanket on the floor, and then here they are. He, he, they put him on the floor. And it's tummy time. He hates it. He, I mean, he only cries at tummy time. And it's not like a, I was like, Meh. I mean, you would think, what in the world are they doing? Ma, ma. 
and here, here's Matthew. It's okay, buddy. You're doing great. We love you. You got it. You got it. Yeah, your, your neck's getting so strong. And you hear Elise and Matthew just cheering him on, and he's screaming and screaming. And I just thought, what a picture of us in the Lord. He's saying, tummy time. And we're like, meh, meh, meh. We love, I love you. You've got this. Only three more minutes. You can do it. You can do it. So next time you find yourself being disciplined, just think, this is my tummy time. God's doing good things for me to strengthen me, to educate me, to prepare me for the things he has for me. Who works out in this house? Three days this week. Happy New Year. (laughs) Okay, but see, the thing is, is when you work out, you press through the pain and the discomfort because you have a vision for what needs to happen. So if you can think, like, we don't think anything about, well, this is my discipline. Like, I know some really faithful people. They're going to make sure they get their workout in. Because they have a vision of what's happening. Well, see, the thing is, is the Lord's like, I know what needs to happen to get you to where I have for you. But remember, this is in context of what? My best life. So when Solomon says... Don't despise the discipline of the Lord. Begin to have a vision. Okay, because it's, it's the enemy that comes in. <laughs> have you ever um, been in a situation and you just think, God must hate me. Where'd he go? He's like right there cheering. You've got this. I'm for you. You can do this. We, I mean, we sang that song this morning. I am who you say I am. You're for me, not against me. That's why it's so important to really have that rooted in our heart and even remind ourselves, oh, okay, I don't understand this, but I know he is for me. He's not against me. And I am who he says I am. I am his child. And what does the father do? He disciplines those he loves. Okay. Proverbs goes on and it talks about wisdom. You know, we just came out of um, Christmas, and Isaiah has the prophetic words that for unto us a child is born. And in Isaiah 11, 2, let me just flip to it real quick here. It says this, there will come forth from a rod from the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. This is a prophetic word about Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. Jesus' delight was in the fear of the Lord. It's not in a, oh my goodness, he's going to get me if I do something wrong. It's like, my father, his will is perfect. This is his delight. And we begin to recognize that he came, you know, he was fully God. He emptied himself to be fully man, and he lived with the spirit of God. He, he made a way for us to, to live our lives for his glory. 
So this year, I believe the Lord wants us to ask him for wisdom in our life. We need his wisdom. We need his heart. We need to recognize we don't have all the answers. We don't know all the way. Let's, let's be a people that welcome his wisdom in our life. And what is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. This is a, kind of a side note I wanted to let you know. This morning during worship, there was a place in worship And I felt the Lord say that there are some that they are in their very own fiery furnace. And yet you were choosing to worship him in that incredibly difficult place. And he is with you in that fire and you will not be burned. And some things that have been binding you up are being burnt off and you're going to come out free and not smelling like smoke. That's the fear of the Lord. When it says, I will not bow to anybody but him, surely my Lord will deliver, and if he does it, I'm still gonna worship him because he's God. Okay, that's the beginning of wisdom. You want wisdom? Get your praise on. Get your eyes on the Lord, get your praise on, and then it changes the atmosphere. Okay, let's go ahead and go to Hebrews. You guys okay? All right. Hebrews 12. Okay, I'm going to try to do this in 10 minutes, and then we're going to have communion. I just want to encourage you, please, um, I'm going to try to honor your time, but I really want to honor the Holy Spirit right now and what he's doing. Okay? So... Um, let's just pray that he pulls it all together. I don't know when to transition. All right, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, let me tell you why the there is for. <laughs> the therefore is therefore. Chapter 11 is all about these mighty men and women. Uh, it's the great hall of faith. Spend time reading it. Don't take my word for it. Dig it out. <laughs> Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Least you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And just pause. So when you're in those hard places, when you're in those furnaces, do what you were doing this morning. Get your gaze on him. The one who is the author and the finisher of your faith. The one who, for the joy set before him, he understood this pain that I'm going through. I'm doing it because I have many sons and daughters that I want in my embrace. 
and it's going to be worth it all. And sometimes we don't really understand, but if we can come to that place of fixing our gaze on him, knowing he began it, he finishes it, and if all I can do is surrender him and say, I love you, and like throw off the things that are distractions and hindrances or wounds in my heart from the things that happen in this life or the various sins that may entumble us, and I'm going, I'm going to finish this race. And it's not on my strength because I just said, for the joy set before him, the author and the what? The finisher. So all I got to do is link myself to him and let him complete what he has begun. For consider him who endured such hostility, verse 3, from sinners against himself, least you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You've not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My sons, do not despise the discipline of the Lord or be discouraged when you're rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Verse 7, if you endure discipline, God deals with you as a son. What son is there whom a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all have become partakers, then you're illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we pay them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of the spirits and live? For indeed, for a few days chasten they did to us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. No discipline seems joyful at the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. I remember very clearly, I, I, have, I have been in more church services in my life than I could even begin to count. <laughs> that every once in a while there's a scripture, I can remember where I was in the building. And I was probably about 20 years old in Myrtle Grove Presbyterian, and I was in the right hand, maybe about the third row back, and I, and I heard that verse, and I, I didn't understand it, and, but I'll, I'll tell you, so hell, I'm 50 now, so 30 years. <laughs> it's taken for me, to, and I'm sure 20 years from now, I'll even say I understand it better. <laughs> So it's okay if you don't get it. Just do this. Just choose to remember this. God is good. All he does is good. Even if I don't understand it. I'm going to I am going to learn that discipline is not punishment. But it's training me, preparing me, giving me the strength and the ability to steward well what he wants to do in my life and through my life. That's a good thing. Verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down 
and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springs up causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. I think sometimes we can read something in the same translation so many times and get so familiar with it. And I just want to read this, see if you hear anything a little bit different. It's the same word. I believe the Lord is breaking off religious mindsets right now. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Think tummy time. (laughs) Who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We should all welcome God's discipline as a validation of authentic sonship. If we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we're in strangers and not sons. And isn't it true that we respected our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for a short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them, but God corrects us through our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share in his holiness. All discipline seems more painful than pleasant at the time. Yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. So be strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship. And strengthen your weak knees For as you keep walking forward on all of God's path, remember, for your best life, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. (laughs) So be made strong even in weakness by lifting up your tired hands. You ever get tired in the middle of the trial? According to what I read, according to what happened this morning, Get your gaze on the Lord. Lift up your hands like a child to your daddy. (laughs) So I'm going to trust you, daddy. You're good. I'm going to love you, daddy. I don't understand it, but I'm knowing that you are doing something incredibly wonderful. And then strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's path, remember, not my will, your will be done, O God. All your stumbling ways will be healed. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition. What if this year we decided in every relationship, I'm choosing peace. 
and run swiftly towards holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of grace. That's a little different than make sure you don't fall short of grace. I don't want you to miss the revelation of grace. So you stumbled. His grace is enough. Get up and keep going. He loves you. He is for you. Run to him quickly. Agree with him. Confess with him. Yes, you're right. I did it again. I'm so sorry. I'll probably do it again unless you change me from the inside out. Mold me and shape me and make me who you've called me to be that I can display your love and your glory to the world around. Because if we're if, if, if we thinking, oh, they fell short of the grace of God. They should know better. They've been walking with Jesus. How could they do that? You know what's happening then? Bitterness and offense is happening. And it's killing. It's killing the spirit of Christ in this world. We've got to understand. No, it's important that I want you to know the grace of God. And yes, what you did, it hurt. But let me tell you something. I've been given much grace. And I'm giving much grace because the world needs to know a father that's not waiting to whack them on the head, but to embrace them in love. Make sure each other, no one misses the revelation of God's grace and make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness within them, which will cause trouble and poison of hearts. Be careful that no one among you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessing, like Esau, who traded away his rights as a firstborn for simple meal. And we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit the Father's blessing, he was turned away, even though he begged for it with bitter tears. It was too late to repent. You know, a lot of times we read stuff like that. I don't like that one. I'm just going to skip over that. <laughs> but, you know, Esau, he, took, he, he had been the firstborn. He'd been given the firstborn blessing, and he traded it for a bowl of soup for temporary pleasure. And, and, and the writer's not saying, don't do that, but like, look, God, God has given you everything. Live in such a way to have his best. There's grace in that. There's goodness of God in that. You guys okay? All right. You guys are quiet. Couple of things real quick, and then we're going to transition to communion. Key to living your best life. I'm going to go through the bullet points real quick. Remember the things you've been taught by the Lord? Follow them closely. When you mess up, confess quickly. Just say, I did it again. Change me, mold me, shape me. I'll probably do it again until you change me, inside out. Not trying to live from the outside, trying to follow a bunch of rules and regulations. I just want to be in love with you. See, that's the thing, is obedient heart, it's a fr a fruit, obedience is a fruit of abiding, loving connection. It's a fruit. It's not like trying, it, but there's a choice sometimes. I mean, sometimes you're like, I just need to choose to obey. I don't feel like it. 
I really don't want to do this. And yet, when we say yes to him, step out in faith, then it comes, his grace comes in and does only what he can do. Okay, trust in the Lord, not our own opinions and understanding. Acknowledge him, submit to him, fear the Lord, once again, not being afraid of him. Oh God, you're amazing. I bow down, I surrender. You're God, I'm not. Basically, this whole thing is, am I living self-will or God's will? Wisdom, ask him for wisdom. Welcome his discipline. Walk in obedience. Experience grace. I feel like at the beginning of a new year, there might be some things the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. He's like, you know, I, I've been saying let it go. You know, sometimes, God, God is pretty amazing. I'll tell you this. Um, back in October, I was driving here on the way to push, and I was thinking about someone that had caused uh, quite a bit of pain in my life came to mind. And it was interesting because I hadn't thought about him in a long time. It was a situation that happened maybe seven or eight years ago that they came to mind. And I'm like, Lord, bless them. And he's like, I want you to bless them. All of a sudden, he took it a little bit deeper. I'm like, okay. Well, surely that is the enemy. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to do that. What does that even mean? Yes, Lord, just bless them. So I get here and push, and, and then in the course of time, um, someone was here, and they were speaking to someone else. I said, I really feel like the Lord's saying to bless them. Like, give them a gift. And they, they weren't talking to me, but the Holy Spirit was talking to me. He's like, I'm telling you, do what I say to do. I don't even know how to do this. I don't know what. You know, and so anyway, to make a long story short, I ended up saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't know. The, the key is, is I just want to be obedient to what he says. Whether or not I understand why or how, it doesn't really matter. He just wants hearts that will fool. Because the thing is, is like, I want to see, I want to see a move of God. I want to see this nation change. And I believe that's going to happen from us walking in his ways, not out of religious duty, but just doing the simple little things in faith and then letting him do what only he wants to do. So in that, there's maybe some things that God's been touching on you. You know what? I've been talking to you about this. Maybe something he wants you to do. And you're like resistant. Well, I don't want to do that. I tell you what, instead, I'll just give $100 here. No, no, do what he says to do. Don't try to bargain with God. Just do what he says you do. Do it in faith, without any expectation, like how it's going to turn out. Have expectancy in your heart. Just do it in faith. There might be some things that he's been saying, hey, this right here is not a bad thing, but it's actually drawing your affection and your attention away. And everybody else can do it, but right now in this season, I want you to come to me. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.